0: Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes Mm. delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there's something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed
1: and tested by professional chefs and national experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, to a very beautiful episode of Unprofessional Development. I'm Tedisco.
1: And I'm Mealy, And today we have with us Nicholas Ferroni. All right. How you doing, Nicholas? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm counting down the days and, and getting a little uh,
2: PTSD when I see other teachers already back in the classroom. What, sharing what is their your struggles?
1: What is your actual first day back in, in the um, classroom?
2: After Labor Day. On the East Coast. Oh, okay. Coast, you know, up Northeast, we go after Labor Day. Yeah, yeah. A
1: week from Monday, we report for the teacher workdays, stupid meetings, trainings, all that kind of stuff. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's close. I was sharing into with Tedisco. It's one of my favorite words. Anxiety. That is the yes, yes. Yes.
2: As I tell people, we can complain about our jobs and criticize and be concerned, but absolutely be excited and love what we do. And at the same time, we yeah. are allowed to be nuanced. Yeah. I can, I can be upset about going back to school. Just like, I don't think a parent who's, who's excited about sending their kids to school hates their child.
1: Right. <laughs> and, and it's kind of like family. I mean, there's, there's, there's yeah. you, you you love your family, and at the same time, they, they drive you crazy. So. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I love them. And I probably complain about them more than anybody else. Absolutely. You don't <laughs> complain about things you don't care about.
1: No. Right. Not, yeah.
0: Yes. I don't That's think we've true. ever stopped to have a conversation about the Twilight Saga. What? Uh, it just doesn't irritate me.
1: That is also a, a major topic in my house because uh, my wife is a big fan and we just mock her with... um <laughs> and We don't even call it the Twilight Cycle. We just call it vampire boyfriend, werewolf boyfriend movie. Um,
0: <laughs> I call it Twilligged because I'm going to pronounce it in a way that reflects my irritation.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. So, Nicholas, you are semi famous to some and unknown to um others I'm sure. But we want to kinda of like just rather than just give you like a regular bio. I know you um work out probably a good bit more than me or to disco, maybe more than the two of us combined. I don't know. I
0: don't even like people named Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: but rather than just give like a like a date, book, chapter, verse, so describe your career and education as if it was a fitness routine and how you've like gotten in shape over the years as you're as you're uh, as you're you've grown as a teacher.
2: Well, I wish I could say I always wanted to be a teacher. Uh, uh-huh. I always loved history. I always had amazing teachers. I honestly wanted to be Indiana Jones. I was going to major in anthropology, go archaeology route. Nice. Uh, after college, I, I went to Rutgers on a football scholarship Okay. where I had a few concussions, so... I was ineligible, which allowed me to focus
1: on my oh, academics. That explains a really, lot. Of, concussion makes you a teacher. That 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 that, that makes, draw I mean, a direct I mean line right the there. We, we, we can skip represents. everything right there. I mean, <laughs> I
2: mean, again, not a gym teacher, not a phys ed teacher, but a natural right. history teacher. Yeah. Uh, a- after college, I was kind of going the alternate roof to become an educator. And uh, my cousin was an agent at a a big agency in New York called Gersh. And she was okay. like, you know, let me send you on some castings. We'll get you some side money while you're uh, a yeah. teaching job. So I ended up going on a casting. Long story short, I ended up booking a, a job on a TV show, on a soap opera. And I did that for about a year and a half while I was subbing at my old high school. Oh, which one? So, uh, All My Children. Okay,
0: I'm not. That's, I'm, yeah. a, I'm, a, I'm. a days of our Your lives. All My Children for a year and a half? Wow. Well, yeah,
2: so like a little 10 and under here and there, but gradually kind of building up.
1: Who's the big bad guy? Who There's always like a patriarchal... Mean guy on every soap opera. What's what's the God. character's name? Do you know? I know, like this Victor Koriakis is, this is going back one.
2: Eighteen years. At least. <laughs> God.
1: Some of them have really good names. I yeah. know Victor Koryakis He's well. My, the character Glenn, my character was
2: Golan. My character was Golan. I was a foreman. That that's the extent I can give you. So. Nice. Yeah, but it was. And again, like I wasn't passionate about it. I was somehow still in it. I worked with a lot of actors who were conservatory trained. So at the same time, a teaching job opened up my old high school. So I gave a demo lesson. They ended up offering me a job. So I left the TV show and I left acting to become a high school teacher, which as we know as educators, <laughs> uh, we put on six shows a day to an audience that does not yes. want to be there. That's, That's uh, right. Very
1: often. Yes. Yeah.
2: And I always say any good teacher would make a great actor or actress, but not all great actor actresses would make great teachers. No. Because, yeah, we, we, we sell it. And it's just, it was such an interesting parallel. So it, you said
0: you started high school?
2: Yes. Yeah. I was, I was actually permanent subbing in elementary school, which was one of the best Experiences of my life and most, uh, I would say eye opening because it made me realize I could never be an elementary school teacher <laughs> and they should all be sainted. Oh my God. It guess. also made me realize when I'm a parent, never talk around my child because all they do is go to school and repeat everything you say at home to <laughs> That's their <true>. teachers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But with that being said, I had a unique platform coming into education, which then kind of snowballed where because I'm a history teacher and because I have unique background in TV, I would, I would do social experiments. I'd work with, different entertainment projects or create content. I then did a social experiment that went viral on gender inequality, which then gave me a bigger platform. I would say for me, the interesting dynamic, which was a blessing and a curse, was when People Magazine gave me an interesting title, yes. which allowed me to put everything in perspective, not only as an educator, but as a man, because... Uh-huh. Nobody cared when it's, the, again, as educators, we have to either do something extremely inappropriate or be given an inappropriate title to be in the mainstream news. Yeah. And we do amazing work every day. Nobody cares. No, You could be named rarely. Teacher of the Year. Yes. Nobody cares. No. Right. But if you're named some inappropriate title, which, again, I I can't complain about it because it gave me a platform to advocate right. for teachers and right. to Open bring awareness.
1: Doors. Yeah.
2: It also gave me a taste of what it's like to be a woman on a daily basis because – yeah it's it's the worst feeling in the world to to have that title because that's how everyone sees you right and i have to constantly justify and say i'm a good teacher i'm actually a very good teacher
0: (laughs) so you kind of it seems like you felt like a little objectified then
2: yes well it's i felt like i'm like this is how women feel every day where they're constantly objectified they have to constantly i had just the taste so i can't even comprehend what it's like to to live that format (laughs) Where a woman could cure cancer, but the first thing she'd evaluate on is how she looks. Right. What right. she's wearing. And it's like, right. Yeah. And it, it became uncomfortable because it's one of those things that it got me on primetime TV. But at the same time, I can understand why educators gave me pushback because we shouldn't sexualize educators. Right. We, we shouldn't. So there is that double-edged sword. At the same time, the first thing I would do was transition very quickly to, all right, thank you. It, it's cool. It's uncomfortable. But let me share you what teachers are going through and what we need to change. So, right.
1: Definitely. Yeah, it, it, it is, it is interesting. Cause like, and we are, we are, um, barely famous here. We have, you know, a, a, having a podcast, but I can not understand that, that there's definitely that dichotomy of, ooh, now I've got to like figure out how to, how to deal with the people that are looking at me a certain right. way versus like, and not getting to, not to getting to, to know me. So. And it's again, like
2: I have a unique platform and the whole like edu celebrity thing blows my mind because it's like that one discredits discredit you. And again, like I'm very, I have a platform because I host, I hosted a show. Right. And I was on a show. To me it's like the social experiment went viral. That is proof that I have an interesting and unique and, and credible it, teaching it, practice. It made
1: a, it made a connection with people. Yeah, it, it made a connection but it, 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 it didn't it go probably. viral because people like for yeah. a positive reason yeah. people yeah. said, Oh, that looks like something I would like to happen in my classroom where yeah. I agree yeah. with what's going on there. Yeah. So, so. But it's like
2: the whole edu celebrity thing is very interesting because again, mm-hmm. it's like it almost as if it's like you have a target within the education community now because it's like I have to constantly validate myself, justify mm-hmm. my teaching credentials because people automatically assume that I can't be a good teacher.
0: Yeah, Yeah, we, we talked about this on, on a previous episode, but yeah, it seems like two kinds of people wind up becoming it, you celebrities, right? They're kind of people who are just really amazing at their craft and for some reason caught what merely calls the jet stream and lands yeah. viral. And then there are, you know, snake oil salesmen, people who keep selling themselves and putting themselves out there or, or trying to sell their ideas and push their brand who, who, who kind of vie for that position. So I, I understand why people would be distrustful of, of that title. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah. that's so fascinating that you're there. Okay. I'm, um, since we're here, I got to dive into this. Okay. So you can, can you break down for the people listening? All right. So what was, what was the social experiment? And then so what was that title? So I, the title was People
2: Magazine's Sexiest Teacher Life. Uh And the only reason I, I got that was- Which Millie and I did not get that invitation. I am really I don't offended. And, and again, I promise you, you guys can have that title. It is, <laughs> I'm, I think every, again, every though. title anybody has, I think other people deserve it more. Like, men's fitness, they mean one of the 25 fittest men in the world. I'm not. I teach <laughs> teachers who are fitter than I am. I, it's But it's like, and again, the, the title in itself, we live in a society where we've Titles don't validate anything. It's, again, based on my mom's opinion, I am the handsome person in the world, yes. but I believe her. That's my mom. You know, it's you like go. it's So it's like skills in
1: itself. What we're gonna do now, guys, why don't you to watch this? Tedisco and I are gonna take both take off our shirts and we're gonna do the wave with our pecs, starting with Tedisco's right pec, okay? Here it goes. Whoa! Look at that guys. That, until you're doing Crazy. that. People Magazine, come get us. Anyway,
2: <laughs> so, But again, like it was a blunt And the only reason they picked me was the editor saw the work I was doing for LGBTQ youth and my mm-hmm. activism and yeah. said, we want to help you out. You know, yeah, and that, I that is cool. said no. Yeah. And then oh. the social experiment I did because I have a platform. And again, when I went to college, I took a culture studies course. And I remember seeing Jane Elliott's brown eyed, blue eyed experiments yes. where she convinced her students, which I, to me was the most powerful thing in the entire very, world. Very how good. How oh, yeah, it. I love that. Because to me, as educators, like we want to teach through empathy and experience. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, there's a right and wrong way to do social experiments. There was a teacher in the South who put her children of color under desks and had white children walk on top of them to portray the slave trade.
1: Yeah, horrible. It's it's horrible. Basically, stand for a prison experiment, basically. Yeah, yeah, horrible attempt.
2: So, but there is a way to teach empathy as educators in history. I try to find simulations that not traumatize kids, but make kids reflect by giving them a subtlety of the experience. Yeah. So we did an experiment in my class to kind of show what it was like to be a woman in Congress. I picked six of the biggest, toughest, nicest kids football players. Mm -hmm. And I had 18 girls from my feminist club. And I led the students to believe that they were voting on new school policies. We were filming it because the Board of Ed had to have documentation of the voting. So they were under the impression that if it passes in this classroom, it's going to become new school policy the upcoming year. So it was 18 girls to six boys, 80% girls, 20% boys, yeah. which is the opposite of how Congress is. Yeah. So I wanted to see how boys would react when they're in the minority and the policies are directly affecting them. I wrote policies that were very anti-boy.
1: Yeah.
2: Girls get to pick their lockers first. Girls get 21% discount. Boys have to take a female studies course to be more sensitive to the girls' needs. And every time they voted, they eventually started flipping out. This is a male prison. This is sexist. This is unfair. This is, and one of the kids says is like, girls, they can't decide what happens to us. 80% girls, this is insane. I want to call my principal. We want to get him. It was so powerful because that was literally the response I wanted. Right. I wanted frustration when 80% girls are telling you what to do, what choices you have to make. That's when we ended it right there. It's like, this is how it feels to be a woman in Congress. (laughs) And putting that perspective, flipping it was such a powerful visual for boys because they have no idea. Right. You know it's again like as men, we have no idea because we no. we make the decisions. We dictate yeah. a lot. White men, we make the decision more so than anybody definitely,
0: else. Definitely.
2: Definitely. So it ended up going viral for that reason.
0: Mealy, I have two problems. What are those? I really love the show Unprofessional Development, and I have a big blank spot on my chest where my shirt is. First of all, the first one doesn't sound like a problem. I mean, it's so much love, I can't contain it.
1: And you also have, what, a blank spot on your chest?
0: Yeah, where my shirt is.
1: You never grew chest hair? Obviously not. (laughs) Oh, I know what you should do. You should go to this link in the show notes and get an Unprofessional Development t-shirt.
0: Gas. that sounds like exactly what i needed for this premise so boys and girls we have t-shirts we have magnets we have buttons show your unprofessional love
1: that way you'll get to know who your fellow unprofessionals are when you're walking down the hallway oh you listen
0: to that too be an unprofessional representative all right so this went viral you you got this title from people magazine right was there backlash from your administration at that point my administration was
2: supportive, and at the same time, they can't fire me for having a title. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and I did point out, though, when I started to impress to show you the other double standard, I did point out that if a woman was named, a female teacher was named Sexy's Teacher Alive, she would have lost her job. She would have been attacked publicly. She had been shamed. And there were teachers who came after me saying, this is so inappropriate, trying to attack me right. because they gave me this title. Right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. As if it's somehow, it is just a word. It's not about based on behavior or action. Yeah. The other irony was, and again, like to give you a perspective too, the editor may simply said, if we change it to inspirational, it would have still have the same meaning, you know? So it was just a word in the title. But again, it it led me to reflect a lot about how we have a double standard for men and women, Mm -hmm. how teachers are held to a completely different societal standard than everyone else. It gave me an interesting opportunity to reflect, but also I, I bring that up too. I'm like, you know, if, if a woman was given this title, she, she would be under much more scrutiny than I am.
0: That's wild. It is.
1: It is. And that's, that's one reason I want to have you on because I think it is a challenge for you because I see you are judged on a different metric. There. Completely different. Every There are
2: people who wait for me to say anything to rip it apart or misinterpret yeah. it intentionally. Right. Intentionally.
1: Uh, I, I, and they're teachers. This and I all this I do is support teachers. This... Now, I don't mind. Like, we should hold people accountable when they say something problematic, offensive, whatever it is. But there are people who are, whether it's you, whether it's some other people who are like, have like, you know, 20k plus followers or however many followers, they know that if they tear down someone who has 500 followers, nobody cares and they don't get any, Retweets—they don't get any likes and all that. But if they come after you, they come. They come after Jen Gonzalez. They come after um I don't know Alice Keeler. Some other some of these other people. That, unprofessional that have,
0: development. Unprofessional development. Stars.
1: I got into one little battle one time. I did. I did. I got into like a teeny tiny thing for the thing. I, I, I don't know why they picked on me. Oh, I know why they picked on me. I defended somebody that was big. Like I made a mistake of, or and I I jumped in the middle of the thing. But they feel like they get clout when they when they do that, and they get some kind of serotonin positive reinforcement yeah. when, they, when they've when come after the big dog, I guess. Is I get attacked for things that the
2: minute I go on their page to response, they say the same exact things. Right. And to me, it's like, I don't engage. And yeah. upset. It, it, it does upset me because it's like, all I do is utilize my platform to help teachers. You need something. If right. anyone, anybody who's ever attacked, has ever come to me and said I need help in a harpy. Yeah, And it's just, it's so interesting on how within the educator, and again, there's times where I've been called out for the right reasons.
1: Yeah, And no it's like, mistakes. there was
2: certain terminology I've used and somebody pointed it out because again, I'm learning, but it wasn't like, let's, let's attack this person. It's like, we should really change our wording here because, you know, and I'm like, that's perfect. You are right. I will never use the word non-white again, because you know what? That is meaning whites at default. and whites actually the minority. Twitter is the best and worst of all worlds. <laughs> yeah.
0: Combination of everybody's ideas, so it's got to be the best. So,
1: in your mind, like other simply, complexly, broadly, narrowly, what do you think society, government should do? For someone who's listening to this, who is not a teacher or hearing this from being shared by their teacher friend, what is it that you think society or government can do to honor the teaching profession to make teachers' jobs what they could or should be? So, what, what do you think? Some things we could do. Well,
2: again, I'm not saying anything that's new to anybody who's who's a veteran teacher. It's right. we are not replaceable. TVs and books were replaced us a long time ago. Yes. At the same time, the simplistic things would solve the biggest problems. We know class size matters significantly. We yes. know workload matters. We know resources matter. We know there is inequity in resources. There's privileged learning, this virtual dilemma we've kind of survived through mm-hmm. shows us that certain kids already have a step up above other kids. Mm-hmm. We are such an easy scapegoat for society. And I always joke that if we were paid by the on the level of the expectation society places on us, we'd be billionaires yes. because they expect us to save the world. And there's things like I've come to where I'm trying to be more real. I used to have that toxic positivity thing, like it's all for the kids. It's yeah. all for the kids. And it was brought to my attention and relates to me very often and how that kind of plays into the narrative that we should be sacrificial lambs or we should be martyrs. Yeah. When yeah. in fact, we can do our job and bring awareness to what we need in our job at the same time. Yeah. So it's, and again, like I did CNN the other day and they're like, you know, they showed me this clip of Joe Biden saying teachers need to be paid more. And it's like, okay, that's great. Yeah. It's too bad he's not somebody who could do something about it. And there should be no more wars, wars and disease I either. And, right. and yeah. It's a locality thing, but it's yeah. the irony that I, I realize and somebody pointed out that they've done this in Nova Scotia. First of all, we can't go on strike because the whole society would falter. So we know that our jobs mm-hmm. are tied to the economy. Imagine if we only did the contractual requirements of our jobs mm-hmm. and only use the resources that our schools provided us. Yeah. The country would fall apart. Yeah. It puts everything in perspective on the expectations. Uh, and it has to change because two things are going to happen. And I already see them kind of fomenting this year. First of all, we, the teacher shortage thing is insane because they're not trying to retain teachers. Yeah, they're not increasing salary, providing support. They're going to lower the qualifications to become a teacher. They're going to try to fill them with. And I, a post got subtle attack recently because I said an unqualified college student as a sub. And what I mean by that is I was a permanent sub. I wanted a teaching job. So I made lesson plans. I did it. I'm right. talking about the kid who I have who just sits in my chair while I'm not there, who doesn't care who's there to make money. Right. And that's, yeah. and there's a lot of people like that. Definitely. So they're going to lower the qualifications, lower the salary to encourage more people to get in here, which in fact, if they want a long-term solution, increase the pay, increase the resources. So that way we don't leave the profession. Yeah. How great yeah. would our jobs be if we only had to worry about working one job?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we all, we all know this as, as, as teachers that like, we had an our school for a while, um, He was a starving artist, and so he was a substitute teacher, and he literally carried around his, like, huge artist, like, I don't know what you call it, like a portfolio bag that he could, like fold open and he had all these pencils and charcoals and all that kind of stuff. And like, so he would literally, he would take attendance. If there was worksheets or some kind of instructions, he would spend five minutes giving the instructions. And then he would just ignore the kids and just draw for however long he was in that classroom. And so he's like, to him, it was the perfect gig. It's like, oh man, I get paid while I'm working on my art and the kids just sit there. And I'm like, I'm like... You know, and then I would like have teachers go, hey, my kids didn't do anything yesterday when I was out. I'm yeah. like, yeah, or, like, what did you think was going to happen? Or do
2: you know the amount of teachers who have messaged me anonymously saying that because they don't have enough teachers, they're combining classes now. So now they have classes of 60 to 70 students. Wow.
1: Yep.
2: And, and and now they're getting paid the same amount of money for doing twice the work. Yeah. And yeah. all gets punished are the kids. So I said, talk about real learning loss. That's actual learning loss.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're
2: I mean, not having a teacher, having a revolving door of a sub, or having a class of fifty to seventy kids, because that's that's where the problematic issues come in.
1: Yeah, I had mm-hmm. some I had some kids a, a year, maybe two years ago. It's, it's oh, the whole panic has a blur. So the first year they had like a teacher that went on maternity leave. They got a long term sub. The long term sub quit after three weeks. They were split into like three classes. You know, and then, like, three weeks later, they were brought back in with another long-term sub. And then the following year, 40 or 50 of them had another teacher the following year. About a month and a half in, that teacher quit. And then they put in a a long-term sub. And So they get to, like, my math class, and they've essentially had no math teacher for two and a half years. And And now you're getting punished when they're not proficient. Right. Right.
2: Why are they not up to... Why can't you... And it's like... It's It's, such a simple fix. It's literally child abuse. It really is child child abuse. abuse. It's neglect. It's it's negligence and child abuse. Absolutely. It's malpractice.
0: Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. (laughs) And and two things go back to to what you're saying. Number one, I remember you talked about uh, teachers going on strike. I've heard stories uh, in schools of, of teachers going on strike by only working bell to bell. Like, refusing to take any work home. Refusing to just grade anything... Or, or do any extracurricular stuff. And that's their form of striking. And, like, even if that happened, like, can you feel bad for the kids? Because, you know, yeah. they're the ones who are going to suffer. Yeah. But, like, e- even that would be, yeah. like, just such a solid message. Yeah. Right? And
2: it's funny because then you bring that up, too, where they're saying we don't care about the kids. And it's like... Right. Which blows my mind. There's no pro-teacher pro-student if you're pro-teacher pro-student like they're interconnected you support teachers you support students it's not like you're picking a team it's not like twilight where it's like you know team werewolf and team vampire you know there's no team we're all on the same team right so if you support your child's teacher you're supporting your child and his classmates and so on but politically they always try to make it as like we're against each other which people buy into and drink that juice very quickly
1: yeah, it, it, it's, it's a shame. And I, I would say that the comparison I would make is it's, it's, it's sadly we're human beings, but we're part of the infrastructure. And it's kind of like one of those things that you do not miss the well until it runs dry. You, every bridge is fine till it collapses. Every road is fine till it has a pothole, whatever it is. And, you know, um, and I have used the analogy. That someone told me this years ago when I worked in a, in a different job. We're, we're putting stuff on, um, on a truck and. I was noticing that the truck bed kept on getting a little lower and lower as we're piling all this metal on it. And I'm like, is it going to be okay? He's like, don't worry about the mule. Just load the wagon. And since I've been a teacher, that phrase has come back to like all the time. I'm like, when they give us another thing to do, when they put 60 kids in your class, when they take away all this kind of stuff, it's like, we don't, we're not worried about the mule. Just load the wagon. If the mule falls, dies or whatever, we'll, I guess we'll get another mule and have that one pull the wagon. And there, and there really is kind of that, um, mentality i think in a lot of districts and society yeah. just
2: because teachers are willing to work for free doesn't mean we should force them to work for free right right you know and that's kind of and the martyrdom in that aspect and again which was brought to my attention too because you know i i'm not toxic positive but i was like you know it's we got to suck it up it's for the kids but if we continue to do that like it's it only destroys our profession which therefore then destroys education and affects the children yeah. Right. So it's it's just one of those things I think we're seeing more about self-care. And again, I had to email NBC producers over and over again to get them to do a self-care on teachers. Everyone's talking about self-care about mental health of students, which is obviously important. And we know that. But we take on the burden of our students. So yeah. then consider that that we're taking on that burden as well. Teachers were breaking down and they finally did a nightly news segment. But again, like something like people are attacking. Why the hell do they have to have Nick Ferroni on there? They don't realize that I'm the only reason that segment existed, that I emailed them over and over, sent them every stat for weeks, for weeks, so they could have that segment. And then I reach out to other teachers to say, I want you to be on here because my voice is, I'm not an elementary school teacher. I'm not doing this. I'm not – but it's like funny. I get attacked for things that only would have happened because I I solicit and fight and
1: labor for them to happen. So how do you – so what is your self-care then? And As much as you want to get into or not get into, like do you – Go to therapy? Is there some kind of some kind of mindfulness practices you have? Prayer, spiritual thing? What what is it that helps you? I meditate every morning. Uh I work
2: out with my students a few days, former students a few days a week. Like working out as my self care. Uh Uh, And I'll be honest, like I've been hanging on by a thread the last few weeks and and few and and I would say year year or two. And it's and again because my my dad was going through a traumatic situation. My dad passed away in the middle of the school year, and it's like not knowing how to process that, then having the stress of school, not taking day off from school because it's like, I can't let my school down. My dad died. I can't let my school down and, that's, that's, and that's, that's I can't wrong, let by my the students
1: down. If I was there, like, I would, I would, I mean, and I understand if, you, if working is therapeutic for you, it, some people don't want to yeah. be at home cause it, it's too burdensome. But if I'm, if you're the, if you're the guy sitting next to me in my in the classroom next to me, I'm like, dude, like yeah. I said, oh. of, and also I would say if you need to go sit in the teacher's lounge and like Put your hand in your head, or head in your hands, stick your kids in my room for, uh, you know, you know, an hour and, um, and come back because we need to, you know, one of my big things is collegiality is that we do need to look out for one another. So uh, I'm not trying to tell you, tell me what, anyone had to grieve because everyone grieves their own well, way, but. Well, my, my
2: administration was great. My principal was great. They said, take how much time you need. And I'm like, honestly, and I hate to say it, but that's my mentality. My dad was an old school bricklayer. He didn't miss a day of work in 60 years. Yeah. You know, and it's like, my first thought is like, It's like I I, and like you said, I I couldn't dwell on it because to me, it's like, let me just let me teach. Let me be around my students. And I'll be honest, when they found out and they started messaging me privately and like that's when I kind of broke down.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Because, again, it was just it was one of those things. But at the same time, it's like from the outside, it's like you don't know any of that's going on, which is why, like, even virtually with teaching, it's like it was all about self-care. Like my first question, all my students always was, are you okay? Is everything okay?" Yeah we're gonna we'll get through it and it's like it was it was crisis management this year yeah you know everybody's like oh what about learning loss how how can you compare the past year to any normal year it's like saying hey we're at war your kids didn't learn anything yeah because we're at war you know it's like how is that
0: yeah but, but learning loss compared to who yeah. like, like right. where, where are we falling but are, are, are there classes on the moon yeah. that are advancing past us yeah that's yeah where's who's What's going on? Like it's New Zealand's kicking our butt. I get it. But (laughs) so
2: it's just, I was hanging on by a thread. And then, and again, it's like, I, which is my fault too. But it's like, I, I get frustrated because I know a lot of educators don't have a platform. And and again, as bad as it was for me, the messages I get from teachers, like, please help. I don't know what to do. And it's like, then, then I take on that energy because it's like, I want to help them so bad, but there's nothing I can do. And they're in situations and it's, so it's 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 a lot. Like there, I think I went through an existential crisis this past year and thought about quitting a hundred times, which I think a lot of people did. Yeah. Because then we come to the question: Is it worth our sanity
0: and our happiness? Right. Mm-hmm. And this is why, like, what you're talking about with the programs that say, like, you know, let's just lower the bar to get more people in the door. Let's you know lower the salary cap, try to get younger people into teaching. Like, once you experience it for a few years, like that might work for some businesses. Like, I'm sure that they probably stole that from a business model, yeah. right? Let's, let's l- lower the level and just get more people in because they know they can climb that ladder. There's no ladder to climb in teaching. No. Like, it, and those first three years are so damn rough. And so uh, it, like, if that program would work, Teach for America would have fixed it years ago. <laughs> but we well, find well, that's, we- yeah, that's it. Like, t- and that's the thing too. It's
2: like. I have nothing against Teach for America. No, not at all. I think the people I have friends who are part of the program, I think it exploits them. And I think it is more problematic than it is beneficial because yeah. they're two years and gone. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Two years and gone. Yep. Name me any situation in life where you were told after a year or two, I'm out of here. That's it. Yeah. Like that, that is, it's a short fix. It's not a long-term fix. Our district, our pay scale is absolutely insane. And their logic is very simple. Our starting salary is like 54. I'm in year wow. 19. And I'm considered one of the best at what I do. I am making the same amount as a fourth year teacher.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of, and it's sp- like, a lot of states that are it's doing that. They, they want to get the young so blood in schools. there. Right. Yeah. And they figure you're in 19 years because they know they got you. They know and you they, can't go somewhere else and make. It'd be hard for you to start over and make what you're making. And they kind of And know they do
2: get you. And their logic is we'll get more people to come here. Which in reality, what a lot of teachers in our district do is they'll come here for the high salary and then they'll leave to another district that has a better pay scale.
1: Right. Or on bet- right for the 10th year or whatever, right. Yeah. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And that's what they do. And it's like that. So, and but again, my pay scale, I'm starting at 54. I have colleagues who are in Oklahoma with a doctorate degree who are not making 40 after 10, 15 years. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: So it's like it's, it's just, it's really, Again, Twitter has opened my eyes and connected me with so many amazing educators, but it also it's a shared suffering. It's therapy. It's like shared therapy where you can kind of share our concerns, but also also unify and support each other.
0: Yeah. Solid commiseration.
2: Yeah. 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 Shared suffering brings
0: people together. I hate to <laughs> say it. I'm, I'm constantly tempted. I'm surrounded by I have a couple of friends and family members who do like corporate training. And I'm like, oh, so you teach, but like adults? You make how much? And you don't have to call any of their parents? <laughs> Oh, what am I doing?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm weird and maybe I'll get there at some point. This is, I'm going into my, I'm going to my 11th year where I am mad sometimes and I'm frustrated and I've gone through all sorts, all sorts of things. I'm still like excited every day that I, that I get there. I, um, am, am not in love with my salary, but I think that my salary, I mean, I live in a house that I like and drive a car that's okay and, and, you know, stuff. So I don't, I'm not living like some high life, but, um, and I do, I do, and I do think that I'm, should be paid more. And then I'll say this. I haven't gone to like where I'm doing nothing. So I'm constantly trying to change my lessons and innovate and do new different things. But one of the ways, and if you're, if you're a teacher wants to do this, Hey, grade less, just, (laughs) you don't need to grade every stinking thing and find ways that, that you can to kind of go, okay, are my kids learning? These are my three things. I'm actually making a poster. You know, are my kids learning? Do they feel safe? Do they feel loved? Then I did my job, even if I didn't, you know, give them the test, even if I didn't hit all the standards, even if I didn't, you know, collect everything they went. So I think that we need to, and what you said in the beginning, Nick, that we need to, um, do is we need to hold both hands is where we're one hands, we're doing everything we can for the kids and the other, and the other fist we've got out fighting for everything to make the system that we're in better.
2: I think the one consensus that Every educator will agree with it. If we ever leave teaching, it's never because of our students.
1: Right. These yeah, students okay.
2: are the only reason we stay in teaching. And yeah. we put up with all the scrutiny, the low pay, the attacks, the criticisms. That's the only reason. We only do it for the students. Yeah. And it's yeah. like that's one of the things where everyone, I think, could agree on. That if yeah. we leave, it's never because our kids drove us out. It's because of the system drove
1: us out. Yes. Well, the, well here's the thing, then, then it's simple, okay? Forget teaching critical race theory. Forget communism let's indoctrinate the students with paying teachers more and saying if i can get you to sign this affidavit that you will vote for higher teacher salaries when you hit 18 then that's an a for you my friend okay pass that out with my syllabus and problem solved okay would
2: well, you see my one post again that got attacked by teachers they apparently can't take a joke where it's like just so you know do everyone who thinks we're trying to indoctrinate our students I'm like, if I could indoctrinate my students, I would, I would indoctrinate them to show up to class on time, to turn their work on time, to pay attention during class and to bring me a coffee every day. Yeah. I'm like, once you see my students doing that, then you should be worried. And then somebody was like, this is why people hate teachers. I'm like, okay. All right. So it's like, <laughs> but again, if we could indoctrinate our students, there would never be a late assignment in the history of, of education.
1: Yeah. And teachers would rule the world because they'd walk they'd walk out of the, on the classroom going, oh my goodness, those are our fearless leaders. I mean- Every kid who's in Congress or a governor or on a school board at some point was in a school. So they, why didn't they get indoctrinated to pay teachers more? So that, it's going to
0: remind uh, me of that well, German movie, The Wave. I'm getting a little worried. I don't know
1: that one.
2: <laughs> well, the other idea is some people use that saying, because I went to school, therefore I'm an expert on education.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. Because well, obviously knows was- because I go to the doctors, I should I should dictate medical policy. I do a
0: car. I could be a mechanic. I say
2: go to restaurant
1: coffee. I should be
0: able to, to cook. Exactly. You know? I
1: eat all the time. I I mean, of course, I'm an expert on nutrition.
0: I should be CEO of General Mills at this point. Cereal. <laughs> for years. Yes, I'm an expert on cereal production. Let me give you. The <laughs> Your
1: mission should you choose to accept it? is to listen to Lesson Impossible, a podcast exploring educational innovation. Each episode, your host Aviva Levin interviews a new special agent or resource specialist who shares their unique field of expertise, such as teaching through gamification or how to avoid teacher burnout. You can find Lesson Impossible on all major podcasting platforms
2: or
0: at lessonimpossible.com.
1: We know we got you for a limited time, Nick. We always like fun, um, stories from the classroom. Cause we always know that things go sideways. Things get crazy. Kids do crazy things. So we always, we always like some anecdotes at the end to kind of just lighten the mood and make us feel good about how much fun it is to be in the classroom because they can't take that away from us. So, so, so <laughs> tell us some time that you were in the classroom and that you couldn't believe what the kids said, did, or how, the, how the class acted. I'll tell you,
2: it's a funny, but it's also a story about creativity as well. My students this past year were incredible and, one student in particular I had over the years, he made me get a TikTok just because he wanted to make TikToks for our class.
1: Yes. Cool. So, awesome. And he was
2: always on TikTok. So his assignment was always to make TikToks for a class. So whatever we were studying, I gave him the notes. This is a kid who wouldn't do any of the work, but would be getting A's because he would spend three hours making a TikTok with the information, everything going. Nice. So during the school year, we then started making TikToks for my history through pop culture class. Uh, we decided, the whole, we then started having competitions. Me and him, we ended up going viral because we're having teacher-student competitions. Nice. Now, because of his TikTok and because of his campaigns, he now gets paid sponsorship on TikTok Beautiful. because his TikTok is so big. What? It's like something like that where it's like, you hear, oh, you let your kids make TikToks. Yeah, he's making it about yeah. the subject matter. He's utilizing creativity. He's now going into production. He's now profiting off the skills that we utilize while we we're in class. Yes. And So, and it's like, I'm even like getting him, he had a Buzzfeed video because of the whole thing. And it's like things like that, which again, are not in the curriculum, not, not relevant to anything are what I love most because it's those indirect things that we teach students that are applicable or just, you know, just letting them thrive in, in something that they're passionate about. You know, it's like things, those are the moments I think as educators, we love knowing that we can kind of share into the success of one of our students.
1: And honestly, Ten years from now, the kids in that class—they're going to remember more from his TikToks than if than if you had you know given them a worksheet. Yeah. Well, or the people that are criticizing are the ones who think they're innovative when they say, "Today we're going to do an acrostic, kids." You yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but again, like you were saying, I always try to find ways to find out
2: the best way to utilize creative skills that they can apply to any field they go into. Because in right. all due honesty. 10 years from now, it's not going to matter. They're not going to have to know the causes of the American Revolution unless they're becoming a history professor. Yeah. But if we could find ways to create uh, applications where they learn graphic design, learn skill sets, creativity, and just things that they can use. And to me, it's all about creativity. I want them to be content creators and to think outside the box. So it's trying to find all these different ways. And again, I know I still love teaching is like you. I'm still trying to think of different ways to teach.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes the best thing is just to ask the kids, like, what, you know, what, always open the door for them. Say, hey, you could do a TikTok. You could do a this. You could make a poster. You could, you could, oh, wait. whatever. And then the kid goes, well, what if I did a puppet show? Okay, sounds good to me. Do a, do a, do a puppet show.
2: I don't have to do stop animations. They love Robot Chicken. It was the most incredible. I had a student write raps. Yeah. You know, they want to be a singer. They learned everything. I got what I wanted, and they worked on their craft and their skill. And I think as educators, that unconventional, untraditional education model.
0: I I had students last year do passion projects. had to just write up explanations of of what they were doing. I had one boy who programmed and wired a digital thermometer. That's just what he wanted to do. Yeah. I couldn't do
1: that. That's the coolest that. thing ever. Yeah. He's yes. 12. Yeah. yeah. I remember a couple of years ago, it was this kid, um, it was in my friend's class. And so it was before we could use um, Desmos for those of you that are math people. We still had the, the TI um, graphing calculators. He learned how to program the quadratic formula into his calculator so that he could just write a equals b equals c equals. And then it would give him the answer. That's right.
0: fantastic. Yeah.
1: Right. Wow. And, he, and he... You know, because you could have... You could find it, and you could connect one calculator to another calculator. People don't know this about these old calculators, but they're they're really fancy. And you could download the program from one another. but they always get cleared before the the state exam. But he's like, oh no, I know how to like program it in there. So he, as soon as the state exam started, he would go in there and he would just write code into a calculator, which has got to be harder than writing code into a computer because like you don't have like a full keyboard and all this nonsense. It's like it's like basically texting when we had like the um the flip phones. where We have to.
2: It was interesting. One activity, just because what you said reminded me of how, like, my students taught me something was, like, one of them was big into anime. And I'm like, so one of the activities when we're studying a historical event, they had to find me anime characters that would, that would represent the historical (laughs) figures because they have similar qualities. It was one of the most fascinating things where they could literally explain every character and why... Why this anime character would be like Washington, or this one would be like King George, or this one would be like Lafayette, yeah. or this one would be the philosopher. Yeah. And it, and again, like they indirectly learn my content because they applied it to something they truly understood. And it's like those are the things which I learned something. And yeah. it's yeah. and it's well, again, it's such a shared experience.
1: So what was the thing with that Sheva from um, good old Overthrowing Education had with um Shakespeare? What was it I always get Hamlet and Macbeth mixed up? Was it Hamlet? She did the marriage therapy one.
0: Oh, Macbeth. Macbeth. Yes. Yes.
1: Uh, marriage therapist for the for the Macbeth um you know couple and they kind of like showed that they understood the, the thing like that which I mean the, you, I could apply to so many things in in history you know what I mean I did a
2: cool social experiment that went viral for history was where I had my students write a list of grievances against our school mm-hmm. and we signed our name and then I came back to them and told them that you know our principal said he was going to punish anybody whose name was on here nice. And it was and then I had them say, if you want to take your name off, and I said he gave different threats. And I then have them get an opportunity to take your name off. And then I actually have my principal come down and threaten to take away prom and graduation and rip into them to see if they would take their name off. And the tie-in is, this is how we get into the Declaration of Independence. How much do you believe in your causes? How, and again, it's like, that's that's a applicable lesson. Like, everyone could talk a good game, but will you stand up for it when there comes time for sacrifice? Yeah. Yeah. So things like that. It's like, I always try to think of ways like that to teach them life lessons at the same time to... to applied in a very historical
1: context. Excellent. Excellent. Wow. Awesome. That's awesome. Good. Well, um, is there anything else before we let you go here that you wanted to plug? You wanted to, you wanted to say oh, this you- is, this, this is
2: great. It was, it went by so quick. It was such an easy conversation. I don't think I'm going to get attacked by anything. I actually, I may get attacked for saying I get attacked. That's why I may get
1: attacked.
2: <laughs> uh, but, quit playing yeah, the victim, like, I, Nick. I, quit playing the victim. Yeah. I mean, we are all in this together. It's like, we have to be outspoken. And I know, obviously it, certain teachers in certain locations can't be as outspoken as others. No, but I, I will say this with absolute certainty. If any teacher needs anything and I'm in a, in a position to help them or share a story, or bring awareness or share a message, or at least I always try to provide a place for them to vent because we are not alone. And it's like, I think yeah. teachers, we always feel like we're on an island.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's like, we always put on a smile for our students, but it's like, we are, di- it's like when, when we need that place to vent and, I think only teachers can understand the struggles that teachers go through and the mental drain yeah. that we go through.
1: And I'll, I'll say this again. I was kind of, kind of echo that. Check in on the teacher next door. Find out. You know, you say you're your students. Are you okay? But like, go in your teacher and go, you know, like, how are you? And if, and if they, and if they kind of give you blow you off, no, 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 so How are you really? Like, you know, I know it's, it's been a tough year. Is there anything you wanted to, like, do that? And, um, I had a tweet that went, like, semi-viral. I'm not as viral as you, yeah. where I said, how many teachers have had another teacher come and just, cry in their in their classroom after after school and it's you know it just resonated with so many people because it it happens more often than i think a lot of people realize well it does and it's
2: like even simple tweets saying you know i wonder how many teachers came close to breaking down like myself and it's like i try to be vulnerable and show that i'm vulnerable because again because i have a platform people assume that i'm i'm rich i'm this (laughs) i'm that i'm broke i'm working three jobs i'm struggling to survive i'm hanging by a thread emotion
1: like every teacher and it's like NBC doesn't, doesn't pay you a half a million every time you no, um, no, no, wish, do, do, a, do a segment on that. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's how that works. But, you're, but you're the reason is, my cable bill is so high. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I just my my advice, which I say to parents, would be to you know understand that teachers spend eight hours a day, five days a week with their child, and outside of you, I promise you, their teacher wants what's best for them. So yeah. please don't let your child be politicized. If it comes down to my child, I would respect the advice and support. I would want to support my teacher because they spend a lot, maybe even more time with my child than I'm able to. Yeah. So it's like we are in this together. We are not, we're not in opposition.
1: You know, it's, there's a lot of us than them running through the country right now. And so everyone figures if, if they don't have any other evidence that you must be against me in in some way or another. And it's, it's gotta be one, one person at a time that we kind of, um, bridge that. And I think, you know, yeah, as teachers, when you make that first phone call home, so what can we do to help? John, yeah. you know, because yeah. like, what is that, going that's... on at home? Right. That was
2: the most powerful thing I did was call home to parents and not ask them about their child, but ask them about them. How are you doing? How's your yeah. family? Is everyone okay? Oh, and, right. and it's like, I had parents break down in tears. on Definitely. The phone with me me because, too. Me too. Yeah. And yeah, it's so. And it's again, like we, we are, this is a shared experience that we're all going through.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. So this could, You didn't have anything you wanted to add before I, I rounded out here, did you? I think about just
0: Please check the show notes if you want to get in touch. With Nicholas Ferroni, the one, the only, the immortal.
1: <laughs> you need to come up with a world something else's teacher that you have to come up with yourself. Every, by the way,
2: do you understand that every teacher is a celebrity to her students? Yes. Can I just end on this story because it was yeah, amazing? Go it me yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, every every one of you, every every teacher is a celebrity to her students. I was in Starbucks in the city, and I posted and ended up going viral. It was such a great story. I'm online, and I hear this little child screaming excitedly, like to his mom, "It's her! It's her! It's her!" I'm in New York City. I turn around, literally looking in line, expecting to see like Jennifer Lopez or Beyonce or something like that. And I didn't see anybody. And he goes over and he gives her a hug. And it was his first grade teacher.
1: There you go. See?
2: Oh. And, and, and it gave me the chills because I'm like that to that child, his teacher is bigger. J-Lo could have oh, walked yeah. in. He did not care. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that teacher is, is that child's
0: celebrity. And Definitely. it's like we were all in that position. That's awesome. why I have to go in disguise all summer.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much. Yeah, I, I hate. Yeah, your kids see you out. It's like Stupid. they lose their minds. Them, I call Wait, them. Wait, the chi- you're you're
0: for food too. The my child, God,
1: the child perazzi. I call them that. They're that they're out in my bushes taking pictures when I go out to get my mail. Oh, terrible. <laughs> 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 so, so just anyway, thank uh, you
2: to all the educators out there, and it's like we are. We can we can voice our concerns, our frustrations, and fight to change things while at the same time at the same doing time. what's best do for our future. Exactly. And loving exactly. what we
1: do. Exactly. Exactly. Do, do, yeah. Love with one hand and fight against the nonsense with the other. So Absolutely. thank you so much, Nick. I really appreciate you taking your time. I know you're a oh, busy thank man. You. Thank and you so
2: much for bearing with me.
1: Yeah. No, oh, it, it, yeah. Was it was great. It was great. Fun. Yes yeah, so and I, I hope you I hope you feel a little like you got some off your chest and a little therapy. This is always therapy. This is a good therapy. I don't need to so, hire a
2: therapist. I just need to jump on with you guys every few
1: weeks and I'll be fine. We're ready. We're ready. We'll All right. You. Thank you and stay unprofessional. Stay unprofessional. Stay, stay un- unprofessional. Un-